Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. It may be cold outside, but Leon Tailoring keep you nice and warm without burning a hole in your pocket. That's right, if you need a nice new coat or maybe need a sweater or a heavier jacket or a heavier blouse, no matter what it is, Leon Tailoring, Larry, Norm, Kim, and Judy can take care of you this winter season. So, like I said, it's the Midwest, it's cold outside, but Leon Tailoring always keep you nice and warm and comfortable, and once again, without burning holes in any of your pockets. So swing on by Leon Tailoring. I know they'd be happy to see you. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown. Indianapolis. Well, it's no big shocker that Hoosiers are preparing for some property tax sticker shock, so to speak. And so join us on the news line is our good friend David Bodoff. He's the executive director, president of the Association of Indiana Counties. They've been studying property taxes. So hopefully, Davis can give us sort of an idea of what's going to happen. So, David, uh, first of all, thank you very much for joining us. Happy New Year, my friend. Thanks. You too. Um, so let me ask you straight up, uh, how bad is the damage going to be? Well, it's always unique to each county and each taxing district. Um, there'll definitely be some people who have a normal uh, property tax increase, probably 5% or less, but there'll be others um, where the average uh, tax bill in the county will increase probably closer to inflation, maybe 7 or 8%. And, of course, those are averages, right? So there'll be some people above that and some people below that. Um, what is responsible for the property tax increase? Help our audience out if you could. Sure. Uh, of course, Indiana's assessment system is a market value-based system. So th the assessors use sales data to determine the value of somebody's property, what that property would sell for on the open market. And so the, what we, we're in what we call the uh, assessment 22, pay 23 cycle. So the data that's used for the 22 assessment are really the sales that occurred in 21, which, of course, the market for residential property was very, very hot during that time period uh, during the pandemic, and a lot of people were staying home, adding on to their house, upgrading, interest rates were really low, and so a lot of people um, uh, were buying houses, and there were bidding wars, and the price of houses increased really at a historic level. And so that'll that's that's the biggest portion that will uh, cause, uh, you know, increases more than normal is this higher assessed value on the residential property. So this was not necessarily a result of uh, local government spending, whether it's school, school districts, you know, libraries, municipal airports, city, counties, you name it. Yeah, right. It, it, it could be, and, and that's where it's unique. I mean, for counties and uh, cities and towns and townships, and, and most of our levies are controlled, and the control is... Um, it's a six-year rolling average of non-farm personal income, but uh, the levy for pay 23 is 5% for, norm, for what we call the controlled levies. So that's obviously well below inflation, but more than normal. Usually it's been in the 35 to 4.5% range. So those controlled levies uh, will grow at 5% um, for pay 23. Now, there are unique circumstances with school referendums, right? So those are outside what we call the property tax caps, and voters approve those. And so in those areas, um, the, the, the levies for those uh, referendums could increase by more than 5%. Now, Dave, let me ask you, uh, because once again, um, I understand that it is the assessments that do that that are responsible in this, in this particular instance for, for the, for the uh for the growth in property taxes. I guess my question is, although we have property tax caps, are there any caps limits on the assessment part of that equation? Because I know, because I remember uh, back in the back in the old days, we were talking about property tax caps back in the 
the late 2000, 2008, 2009, I remember the, the conversation basically being, okay, we can cap taxes at 1%, 2%, but what does this do for the assessment part of that equation? Right. The market determines the assessed value, right? So there is no cap on that. Indiana is a market-based system, and the uh, assessors, again, use the sales data to determine uh, the value of, of property. And, of course, there's a very easy appeal process. If you think your property is assessed too high, you contact the assessor. And there's a couple steps there, but a very informal process if you choose to use that um, use that option where you can take in information and question your assessor and they can lower the assessment if you bring in some evidence to indicate that the value they place on your home is not correct. But yeah, it's the market that, term, that determines the assessment. Our guest on the program today is David Bodarf. David is the head of the Association of Indiana Counties. They've recently been looking at property taxes here in the state of Indiana and with Indian lawmakers back on Monday. Uh, won't be surprised if property tax uh, relief uh, or something with the assessments uh, is in order. Uh, David, what have you heard from any lawmakers with respect to uh, property tax relief? Obviously, the governor's got the budget, health care, education are, are big issues, but what are you hearing about property tax? Are you hearing anything? Yeah, I, we've talked to some legislators about it. I think this, you know, this we could see that the assessed value for residential is going up at a really historic rate. And But again, because of the controls that are on property tax spending, we don't know exactly what that's going to translate into as far as the average tax bill increase. And so they've been really practical about, well, let's wait until the rates are certified. Um, you know, the counties have an opportunity to run the tax bills, and we'll see uh, what kind of um, increases are occurring at that point. And, um, you know, the question will be, is there an opportunity to do something for the 23 tax bill, or will the changes be made for the future of the 24 tax bill because counties have already calculated their budget on what they expect to collect in 2023. If the General Assembly comes in and somehow changes the 23 tax bill, it will really cause um, some problems because we'll have to recalculate the tax bills, remail them, and uh, it just starts to cause confusion if you try to change the tax bill uh, that close to the due date, which of course is May 10th. So in other words, what you're saying is maybe too late to do something for this upcoming tax bill, but maybe not necessarily for next year's tax bills. If, if I'm for future, yeah, yeah, that's right. For future tax bills, I mean, the General Assembly, of course, has the freedom to do uh, whatever they want, and we'll implement the change. We'll implement the changes, but we would be concerned if they try to change the 23 tax bill, because again, we're already counting on that revenue, and uh, it'll just sort of upset the uh, property tax cycle. Um, so we would urge them to, if there's going to be changes, to do it for pay, what we would call pay uh, 24. Now, I know, David, there have been some conversations, some discussions about, uh, on the assessment part, uh, basically sort of freezing uh, property assessments. Uh, good idea, bad idea? Well, again, ever since the uh, 1999 uh, St. John's Supreme Court case, we've used objective and verifiable data to determine the assessed value and artificially freezing values actually creates tax shifts amongst taxpayers because if your house went up 12% and my house value didn't increase and you get to freeze and I freeze, then I'm picking up an inordinate amount of the property tax burden that you should be picking up because the value of your house went up and mine didn't. So if everybody's frozen, then that changes that, that liability amongst uh, classes of property, 
and also amongst uh, you know residential property as well. So, I, uh, go ahead. No, that, yeah. So, um, so freezing the values. We, I mean, our position has been let the market determine the values, and if you're going to make the general assembly is going to make changes, we would make it on what we call the the tax bill side, the credit side, right? After the, after the assessment's determined, that's when you can make some changes to try to hold down the property tax side. But you do it on the bill, the property tax bill, not on the assessment. Our guest on the program today is David Buttup. David is the head of the Association of Indiana Counties. Uh, talk about property taxes as Indian lawmakers get ready to come back uh, on Monday in January. Uh, and so we'll be having a discussion. So we'll, I know property taxes will be uh, on that discussion. David, it's interesting. You said uh, if you're going to mess with the property taxes, do it on the bill side, not necessarily uh, the assessment side. What do you say to those, those older folks or, or people who, you know, have a home, they didn't really do anything, uh, but their neighbors say their neighbors made some improvements, and so now their home value is is a lot is a lot is a lot higher than it was before. And like you said, because of you know the the market forces, uh, how do we protect those folks from high sky high property tax bills so we don't sort of relive what we did back in uh, two thousand seven two thousand eight? Right. So for uh, there's a program for senior citizens uh, with a, it has an income threshold where their property taxes can actually their liability can be limited and it can only increase a couple percentage points. A year that program's already out there uh, for senior citizens, and again, there's an income threshold on that. But again, our general property tax uh, growth is limited based on again statewide uh, income, and so it will be. It could be five percent um, in the le- growth in the levy, and so I mean I, I completely understand what you're saying. I'm, I'm sympathetic to that situation. And that's always been um, part of the property tax system, that if your value increases faster than my value, then you're picking up a bigger portion of the property tax bill. And that's one thing the General Assembly may want to look at. But one thing they have built into the system is what we call the supplemental deduction. So the higher your assessed value goes for a homestead, there's a certain percentage of the assessed value becomes non-taxable. And so that's called the supplemental deduction. If you're in an owner-occupied home, you should already have that. And as your AV goes up, you'll get more assessed value written off um, because that deduction is a percentage uh, of your overall assessed value. But even having said that, we certainly understand there could be uh, unique circumstances that cause property tax bills to go up uh, more than normal. And uh, another aspect of that is you know, we, we call it the property tax pie, right? So there's only so much money we're going to collect. And if you divide the pie by classes of property, you have personal property, you have, you know, commercial industrial property, you have agriculture property, you have apartments, you have residential. Um, and so one of the things that will also create a shift to the residential um, portion of the property tax pie is that their assessed value is growing much faster than the other classes of property. So again, personal property is not going up very much. It's probably less than 2%. But residential property is going up closer to 15 or 16% in, in value. And so the burden will shift from business personal property over to the residential side. And that's just a function of how uh, the system works now. So that that's something that um, we want to make sure legislators are aware of, that this shift that occurs is is something that uh, 
could abnormally increase a, a homestead or residential property tax bill. Uh, David, I know when you and I chatted earlier uh, via email, uh, talking about property taxes and getting ready for this uh, conversation, you guys told me you had an economist doing a study of property taxes. What did, what did, the, what did the economist find? Did it find anything out of the ordinary, or is everything in Indiana just, just sort of how it is? Oh no! It's the, the the assessed value on residential is historic. I mean, it is an anomaly. I mean, I don't think we've ever seen any any kind of value increase like that over that twelve to eighteen month period during the pandemic. And so it it was unusual. Um, I, you know, that's where it's that kind of increase may test the system. It may test the safeguards the General Assembly has already put in place. But that's where we wait, have to wait to get the tax rates certified and apply them to those new assessed values and see what's going to actually happen to the average tax bill. And again, it'll be different, right? Residential homesteads will be different than, again, like I said, uh, commercial industrial property, personal property. So uh, when you use those classes, it'll be the increase will be different for each of those each of those classes. Uh, David, what do you think we're able to? Uh when do you think those rates will be out uh, so we can get a better, better, a better grasp of what the property tax bills are going to be? I, I think within, by the end of the month, um, I think the DLGF will have the budgets, the 2023 budgets approved. And um, by then, I think we'll have what we call the certified rates. And that way, you can apply those rates to the new assessed values and actually see that tax bill. Uh, Dave, we've got a couple minutes left here. I appreciate you being with us. David Bodoff, by the way, is our guest on the program today. Uh, David is the head of the Association of Indiana Counties. As we're talking about property taxes, uh, some of the Hoosiers may be getting ready for sticker shock with some of their bills. Uh, they'll be out a little bit later this spring. Uh, David, uh, how does all this fit into the to the tax reform discussion? you got Senator Travis Holdman talking about getting rid of income taxes. You've got other folks talking about uh, affordable housing and sort of freezing senior citizens uh, assessments. How does how does all this fit into that, into that big tax picture, or, or does it? Yeah, no, and we uh, appreciate uh, Senator Holman's um, you know, desire to do a, uh, a study because we think we've had this new property tax system. I shouldn't say new, but it was new in 1999, and we've had this system for 20 years. So it would be interesting to see on these property classes of who's paying how much of the property tax burden. We do know in the last several years, because of assessed value increases, on the residential side, they're picking up a bigger portion of the property tax pie. Now, residents, residents pay about 50% of the overall property tax burden. Years ago, that was closer to 45. And um, so it would be interesting to see what what those classes of property paid in 1999 or 2000 when we started with this new system and what those classes of property pay today. And um, is it the same amount or is it? Or is it different? And again, I think we'll find that it's been different, that, that residences are picking up a bigger portion of that uh, property tax pie. And maybe that's appropriate, but we would like the General Assembly to study that and review that and see if after 20 years of market-based system, are we, you know, are we where we want to be? Is, is this the appropriate level that uh, homesteads pay or residences, residential property pays 50 percent of the bill? Uh, what does all this mean in the in the, in the gentrification universe? As as, as local governments uh, try to uh, sort of reinvigorate their, their downtown areas, certain parts of their communities, uh, what do these what do these society assessments do uh, for gentrification? Because like I said once again, you know my parents could live next door to someone who's built a new house, and next thing you know their assessment goes up through the roof. Right, but if you, that's where the appeal process comes in, where you know a house that's been renovated, that's had a building permit and made updates. 
even though it's right next to a house that hasn't had that, the, the, the homeowner who hasn't made those improvements, they can file an appeal and bring that information to the assessor and indicate that, you know, my house hasn't had the updates that the house next door has, and they can get their property tax assessment lowered. Um, and so, you know, there's something what we call the neighborhood factor, and you, everybody thinks it's a geographic area, and to some degree it is. But a neighborhood factor can also be um, an individual house that has made substantial changes or renovations. It can it can be its own neighborhood, and then the houses around it can be a separate neighborhood because it's not necessarily a neighborhood is not necessarily a physical location; it's a likeness as well. Right, so uh, yeah, a property that hasn't had substantial renovations, they can file an appeal and get their assessment lowered. Uh, final question for you, David. Uh, what advice do you have? Can you give uh, to folks who listen to this conversation? Like, oh my God, my property tax bills are going to be through the roof. You know, what should I do? Yeah, I mean, again, first thing you want to do is check your assessment. Make sure it's accurate. Make sure the data on your property record card is accurate. Make sure the square footage is correct the number of stories, you know, finished basement, unfinished basement, all those things can come into play. And then also, uh, if you don't feel like the value on your house is correct, you can contact your realtor. You can go to some of the online services that value property. You can usually go to the county's website and find out what our house is selling for in my neighborhood. And that may help you um, uh, decide either that hey, my my house is at market value or that my house is above market value. And I'm gonna and I'm going to file an appeal, but that's that's the first thing to make sure the assessment's correct. And then again, the school referendums, um, you know, communities voted for those, and um, that's part of the equation. And those are outside what we call the property tax caps, right? So again, if you have a large increase, it could be due to the to the school referendum. And, um, you know, schools need new money, too. I'm not saying that they don't uh, need new money, but if voters voted for that new school building or higher operating costs for the schools, they have increased costs, too, with inflation, fuel costs, teacher salaries, all those kind of things are, are subject to inflation. And so as the assessed value goes up, if it's a school operating levy, you, you probably could expect that that, that that levy for that school operating fund is going to increase more than normal, more than what I would say is more than 5%. So. All right. Well, our guest in the room today has been David Bodoff. David is the head of the Association of Indiana Counties, uh, the county organization here in the state of Indiana. As any lawmakers get ready to come back and property tax bills get ready to go out. So, David, my friend, thank you very, very much for being with us. We always appreciate you. And we'll, uh, my spider sense tells me we'll probably be talking again in May. I think so. Yeah, I think the General Assembly will definitely uh, want a full review of um, the system. And uh, I think it's appropriate because, again, this, the, these increased values are really are historic on the residential side. And we have to see if the system has enough safeguards in there uh, to protect homeowners. All right. David Bodoff, Associates of the Counties. David, my friend, thank you very much for being with us. You have yourself a good day. Thanks. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. Bye. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.